What is going on, NFL fans? You are listening to At The One NFL Podcast with your hosts, Nick Amendola and Teddy Christopa. Happy early Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. It is Saturday, May 8th, 2021, and Mother's Day is tomorrow. So, happy Mother's Day from us at At The One NFL Podcast. Um, before we get started with today's episode, some ways to contact us is via Twitter, and that is at the one NFL pod. Email is at the one NFL podcast at gmail.com. Contact us, give us feedback, give us predictions for this upcoming season. And also just, you know, ask us questions for what you want to hear on this podcast. So Nick, we have a great episode today. We have draft coverage. And if you did not listen to our podcast from last week, go check it out before you listen to this week's podcast. Um, where we talked about our predictions for the NFL draft and see how accurate Nick and I were for that NFL draft. So Nick, big episode today. We have draft recap from last week. We also have some Aaron Rodgers drama from, I guess, a week ago, week and a half ago, about, give or take. It's What was that? It's developing. It is developing, yeah. And uh, we also have our team's you know, how we feel about what our team did, which is the New York Giants. So stick around for that at the end as well. So, Nick, first off, I got the first three picks right. And uh, I think that's about it, <laughs> it seems like. It seems like I did a I, – I struggled this year with the with the draft, but um got the first three picks, so I'm kind of happy about that. But you did you did pretty well, so good job with that. Yeah, I think you ended up getting nine. I ended up getting 13. Either way, I mean, we usually do much better than that. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of an unpredictable draft for me, I would say. I just, you know, the top three I knew. I knew it was going to happen. And then after that, it just kind of, you know, all predictions kind of went downhill from there. Um, one thing for me that I want to talk about is the three quarterbacks that went. You had Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, Zach Wilson to the New York Jets, and Trey Lance, who a lot thought was kind of a surprise pick going to the San Francisco 49ers. And then after that, um, you have Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida, going to the Atlanta Falcons. Jamar Chase, wide receiver, going to the um, Cincinnati Bengals. And then Jalen Waddell going to the Dolphins. So what I found interesting, what I kind of want to talk about right now, is how we had the top three quarterbacks go, and then you had basically the top three receivers Go so it's kind of kind of a neat kind of transition for quarterback receivers kind of a thing. So let's talk about that real quick. Sure, I mean, I, I gotta say, like, if we're gonna talk quarterbacks, I thought the Jets just in general probably had a pretty solid draft. I think they were probably one of the top winners of it. Really? Uh, just because I think just because they really hit everything they needed. Because if you think about it, they're their defensive staff, I think, could pretty much work with anything. Like, they could have the most, like, average-tier players and make something out of it. But the thing they really needed to improve on was the offense. And they clearly did that going into the draft, being that I think all of their picks ended up being offense. Yeah, no. Uh, I... Well, yeah, I think all, all their picks ended up being offense. I mean, Zach Wilson, super athletic. He's going to be very moldable, I would expect. Then with that second pick, they took Elijah Barrett Tucker, and 
he's he's an awesome tackle, and that's something they for sure needed because their offensive line was terrible. And then after after those picks, they they took a running back, they took a receiver and Elijah Moore, and then they took I believe two safeties to finish off their draft. See, I think it's just crazy to me that um, you think Zach Wilson is going to be an immediate stud for this team. I personally... It, it's, it's important that, that they they decided which guy they wanted and they took him. Like, they didn't have to go through, like, a bunch of, like, nonsense of being like, oh, it could be this quarterback, this quarterback, or this quarterback, and having to figure out which one they actually wanted. But they found their guy, they took him, and they have to roll with it now. I just think it's another Sam Darnold situation. I really do. You have a quarterback that's coming out of BYU who obviously doesn't play against pristine talent like a quarterback from, say, Alabama or Texas A&M, like an SEC team. So these guys don't really play against the the top-of-the-line defenders. So to me, I think Zach Wilson is going to go to New York, which is a very tough place to play, with the media and basically all the fans just putting a lot of pressure because they haven't had a good quarterback in New York since Joe Namath back back in the day. So just having him come in, not have anybody that's really behind him as a backup, um, because I think after watching Patrick Mahomes do what he did in Kansas City, I think the ideal situation is to have a quarterback in play who was a starter last year and then learn as the rookie from that so-called veteran player and then stick out that, that rookie and have him play football because I think that's the best way to do it. Quarterback is not an easy position. The jump from college to pro is a huge jump, and it's not every day that you have a quarterback that comes in right away and just dominates the NFL. So, I mean, I don't know. Zach Wilson, I, I hope for him because, you know, it would be nice to see – the Jets do something good, but I just I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I, it's not that I I think they're gonna go like what what would it be twelve and five now? Yeah, seventeen the, games. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't think they're gonna do that well, but I think I I think it's not a bad thing that this is the guy that they picked because I mean you you have plenty of quarterbacks coming to small schools that end up being good. It's just a matter of how you develop them, and I think the framework there is going to be much better than it has been in past years because I, I just think this coaching staff is much more efficient and has much more experience dealing with these types of things than than the guys in the past. Like Adam Gase, terrible. Like that dude's got nothing going on up in his head. And then you got Rex Ryan too, and I mean I don't think he was anything spectacular as a coach either. Yeah, that's true. I mean, So it's like you bring in someone who's kind of, you know, like – actually like valid as a coach like you have plenty of people being able to back him and being like hey this this guy knows what he's doing and i i just think he's in a better spot than a lot of quarterbacks coming out of smaller conferences i mean byu's independent as well so they could really play anyone but they don't <laughs> they don't play like, right they don't play that great teams i mean because byu's football program really i mean zach wilson zach wilson's the first guy to really get drafted from BYU this early at least, um, but no, I mean, it, it, I hope I hope for his sake that um, the Jets are able to you know coach him up because I know they have a on a on paper they have a really good coach this upcoming season. 
compared to obviously Rex Ryan and uh, you know Adam Gates who they had previously. So I'm hoping that this guy comes in and is able to coach him up. Um, I just think this is probably the best scenario they've had in a while. That's that's it, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that with um, the 14th pick, I mean, just getting a guard in general to protect him is is huge as well. They drafted uh, Aaliyah Vera Tucker. So, I mean, he's a guy that can protect him, which is great. Obviously, they he, need... he was incredible at USC. Yeah. So. I mean, they just need a guy that can protect him. I mean, obviously, what we saw in uh, Cincinnati, the gamble there, either taking an offensive lineman or go for a receiver, which he really did not need in Cincinnati, having T. Higgins. There, there, that's a that's a loser of the draft, I think. Just overall, they did not do very well. You really think that Cincinnati is a is a loser? Well, it's just that they, they have so many gaps in that team. It's like, why? I know, like, obviously, it's it's not a bad thing that they took Chase. Like, obviously, he's going to be good. Like, there's no way he just, you know, like, but they don't need him. He makes a mess of himself out there every single week. Like, they have chemistry. But Joe Burrow's coming off a torn ACL. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure we ended up talking about last week. And I think I think bigger priority is protecting your young quarterback. They don't need him, though. They, they have T. Higgins. They have Tyler Boyd. Uh, exactly. They have receivers. They have really good receivers, actually. T. Higgins They're young is, receivers, too. Yeah. T. Higgins, if it wasn't for Justin Jefferson, would probably have been the best rookie wide receiver last year if it wasn't for Justin Jefferson in uh, Minnesota. So it's it's tough. It's a, it's a tough situation for Cincinnati because, I mean, you're having a guy that's coming off of an ACL injury and just having him, you know, get hit again anywhere is, is going to be a little nerve-wracking if you're a Cincinnati fan. So it, but, It's ultimately the, the fault at fault of the offensive line. Like, you, you can't blame that on Joe Burrow – trying to make plays and get out of the pocket. Like, he wouldn't have to do that if he was protected. So Absolutely. I just want to get back to... I think to... The, the decision is stupid long-term, but I think it they they got good value at their pick, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the best receiver in this class. But I want to get back to... We'll get back to the receivers soon. I want to get back to the quarterbacks real quick because we didn't tra- talk at all about Trevor Lawrence. I know we talked about him in the first episode. Um, but we obviously knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to go first. In this year's draft, he did. And uh, what do you think about this? I want to talk about the Jaguars draft for a sec, too. I think their draft was awesome. I I, I disagree. <laughs> I, I think, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is a great, great pick. But I didn't like their second, second first-round pick at all, actually. See, they, I think they took it at the end because, obviously, they have Robinson. I, I thought about this a little more from the last time we talked. They have Robinson... But the reason they took Etienne is because they need that second guy. Like, you look at all the guys that – you look at all the running backs that ha- just play by themselves. Like, there's no second guy to back them up throughout games. And it's just like they're an every-down guy. Like, Derrick Henry, he's built different, all right? Like, that man is gonna is unstoppable. But, like, if you look at Saquon, too, it's just him towards ACL because they just run him into the ground. Christian McCaffrey run into the ground. And then you don't want to run – run Robinson on the ground like that either because, like, the, you need the second guy. And it seems like they're going to be – like, Etienne is going to end up being their third – like, third down back for, you know, drop-off passes or just getting him into the passing game. He needs weapons. I mean, I understand they, they signed uh, Marvin Jones. They have um, 
they have a couple. DJ DJ Shark is good, and uh, they have one other guy. I just can't think of his, his name right now. So they have a little bit of receivers, but I think just getting a you know a good dominant wide receiver to go with him would have been pretty pretty nice. You know, having that that rookie combination. I think ETN could be a good running back, but having what James Robinson did last year, I mean that to me is kind of a slap in the face that they would go first round running back. And that's that's that, Nick. That's a first round running back too. Like that never. never I don't. Really I don't it. like first round running backs at all. But that since I thought about it, like I had said, I think I think it's reasonable. I think it makes sense at that pick because they have plenty of spots to fill, which I think they also covered in the draft. And plenty of those guys are very much like, oh yeah, they could be instant starters, or like they could end up just being developmental guys. But either way, I think. I think they covered a few of the spots they needed to cover. Yeah, I I just, I don't know. Because if you ask me, they had James Robinson, who didn't even get drafted last year, and was an undrafted rookie. So you can get these running backs. Obviously, it's it's rare. Philip Lindsay is another prime example. You can get undrafted running backs. I mean, I understand ETN is a great running back, but drafting him in the first round to be a third down back is is kind of excessive to me. I mean, that's that's like that's a slap in the face of James Robinson, who I'm a fan of. Um, obviously, I had him in fantasy last year, so it was a it was a great player. So just having him not do it is, or uh, having him just be kind of like a like getting carries away from him is is frustrating to me. Um. Anyway, one other guy I want to talk about is Trey Lance, and he got drafted third. I absolutely love this pick. I think he is going to be the backup quarterback next year to Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's just going to maybe sit one year and then kind of do like what happened to Alex Smith and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Just kind of learn from Jimmy Garoppolo and come out second year and just dominate. Because I think Trey Lance is kind of a better version of... um, like mobile wise, he's like a mobile, more mobile quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. So, I, I love the pick. Yeah, I mean, uh, talent wise, it's it's fine. I I don't think any of these quarterbacks, other than Mac Jones, are really worth arguing over whether or not who should have been taken at those three spots. Um, but the, I think in general, their their draft was relatively good. Yeah, it was. Because of the quarterback, <laughs> to me that just sold me on, on the forty. I mean, you always you always boost your draft grade when you draft, move up to get your guy, or you're in a spot to get your guy. Like just drafting your franchise, who you think is your franchise quarterback, will always boost your draft rating. I had no idea who Trey Lance was before this year's NFL draft, and I just kind of like fell in love with him watching the combine and stuff like that. I didn't watch a single game of his in college. Uh, but just knowing where he got drafted, Jaguars, you know, kind of a franchise that is downhill and will never really be a good franchise, I don't think personally. The New York Jets, same kind of thing, like not a great franchise to be a part of. And then the 49ers, I mean, that, that has a winning culture, it, great city, you know, great fan base, great media coverage. So I think the 49ers for that kind of quarterback is, is awesome. So, um, but yeah. My loser of the draft, because we're going to kind of do this in a little bit. My loser of the draft is the Chicago Bears. 
could instantly be a winner if if Justin Fields is good. But I think what they gave up to move down to 11 is is, is kind of crazy. I mean, they gave up basically two first round picks. They traded back, or the Giants, New York Giants, traded back to number 20 from number 11, and uh, the Chicago Bears traded their 20th pick and a pick next year, unprotected, and uh, just to trade up for 11 to draft Justin Fields. I think that is crazy. I I think. They could really go either way. Also agreeing with if Justin Fields ends up panning out how he should, um, because that they they took two of their picks they used for offensive linemen, which they need. They need at least guys to come in and compete against these other guys. And I mean, they took one. They took their first one right after Justin Fields in the second round. Um, so and they and most of their help was offense. I mean, Tevin Jenkins. Offensive tackle, Larry Borum, offensive tackle. And then they went running back, wide receiver, cornerback, and D-tackle. And, I mean, D-line, I think they, they're fine at, but it's a good good thing to pick up for them. But I think they're kind of like a middle ground, honestly. Yeah, I just – I think that, obviously, if they are – they sold out. They sold out to get Justin Fields. There's no doubt about that. But Of course they did. I mean – that's why you got to give them a good rating. Remember when you you move up or you keep you have a spot to take your who you think is your franchise quarterback. You you have to expect them to pan out. But here's the issue: so he doesn't pan out. You are the worst team in football next year. Now the Giants have the number one overall pick. <laughs> like that. That's that's it. That'd now be kind of late. <laughs> you lost. You lost the number one overall pick for next year to sell out, sell out for a nobody, basically. It doesn't seem like they're gonna start him though. I just I think that's that's the issue right there. If you're not going to start him, so I think they're well. Obviously, I mean you you like you said you you want Trey Lance to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo because it makes sense. But why wouldn't it make sense for Justin Fields to sit behind? It makes sense for every quarterback. There. I would say. I mean, if obviously if you have a better quarterback in Jacksonville besides Gardner Minshew, I would say you know, rest. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Trevor Lawrence for the first season rest uh zach wilson for the first season i mean i'm telling you it worked for patrick mahomes i'm not saying everybody here is patrick mahomes but i mean i also don't think he needed to sit either who patrick mahomes but i'm saying it's just i i I think it worked i think it helped i mean it has to i think i think either way they're still with that other guy and he's still teaching him things and but here's the issue the staff is still the same it's like why it's really like it's it's ultimately up to how the staff coaches them and how the player reacts to the coaching. You have Sam Darnold, basically started his first season. Okay, I'll never forget. I'll never forget his first throw. Okay, he runs down. I think it's the right side of the field. Throws across his body to the left side of the field. Instantly picked for a pick six. I mean, that works in college. It doesn't work in the pros. So you seeing firsthand. What your, you know, the veteran player does on the field as the rookie sitting on the bench, on sitting on the sideline. You watch that veteran play, player play football and do what you're supposed to do, and then that rookie sees it, and then his next season he goes out and you know kind of copies that in a way. So, I, don't I, I really don't even think you can judge on the first season in general. 
but how like much? If they, say, say he starts like so. If we if we go off like past quarterbacks, Peyton, most interceptions ever as a rookie. Like Ben Roethlisberger, he comes in, he's amazing. Like he he like carries the team. Eli comes in, he doesn't play too well, but then all of a sudden turns it on and like starts lighting people up offensively. Like you get, it's like really up in the air all the time. Now, those quarterbacks that you've mentioned, you said Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton, and Eli. What generation was that? That was, what, early 2000s, late early 90s? Early 2000s? Yeah. You have to think about... Early, early 90s, early 2000s? So think about the media coverage, first of all. Think about the fan bases then. And then think about the toughness of those players. Players today are soft. The media coverage is at an all-time high. So if a player throws, you know, what Peyton, how many interceptions did Peyton Manning throw in his first season? Like, a lot. Like, 30-something? Yeah. If if a rookie quarterback does that now, guarantee media coverage says this guy's a bust, this guy is a wor- worth of... Or they bench him, pick. which is a terrible thing to do. Yeah. That's what happens in today's NFL. I mean, if a guy throws that many interceptions and doesn't produce, they're on the bench. The, these teams it, It's expect- all about production immediately which all it matters, doesn't make though. any sense well it does in a way because of what is going on with the the nfl coaches these days because if the coach doesn't produce like a good football team they're fired so they need these players to be good right away they can't really coach per se because they need these players to be good right away if they're not then you know they get fired they're out so that's ultimately up to the I think that's more of an issue of the the front office and the owners. Like I think I think the way they approach it now is ridiculous, honestly. Yeah. I mean, like, I why, think... why why would you just throw Like you know, say like it, it's like anything like you're not going to always not everyone is going to be good at everything right away. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's just how how it's done. Obviously you need them to be good now, but it's just, it's so, it's unfair to everyone in general that that happens. We just have to think too, I mean, how many quarterbacks came out hot for like one season and then the next season kind of busted? I mean, I can think of a couple, Mitchell Trubisky, Gardner It's, it's a yearly event. Yeah, I mean, it's always a thing. Like they always come out hot and then towards the end of the season or even the, the following season, they just, you know, kind of tank. They throw a lot of interceptions to touchdowns. They, you know, fumble the ball. So it's it, it, it's tough with quarterbacks. So I agree. Now let's get into some of the stuff that you wanted to talk about too. I talked about all the things I wanted to talk about. Let's get into well, it for you. I, I feel like a few other teams I think we should really talk about are just in general. I think the AFC East did a spectacular job drafting. Mac Jones to the Patriots. Um, trying to think of a couple others. Miami got a couple wide receivers. Got a couple. Offensive yeah, I weapons. mean, Mi- Miami gets Waddle to start. Then they end up picking up uh, Jalen Phillips, who I I think is in could be. A, it's a risky pick, but it has a it has a high reward for where he was, especially just because just because of the injuries to him. But if he gets that panned out, he's. He should not have dropped to 18. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, Miami as a whole, they kind of did some sneaky things. I did not think they were going to take a wide receiver with that early pick. I thought they were totally going to go defense. Uh, 
probably I, I actually thought Patrick Sertain was gonna go go there to Miami. Oh, uh, I had the opposite on that one. You had you had receiver? I think I think their their issue similar to the Jets is offense. Because you have you have your quarterback. So you have Tua. I think that's the but issue. But then you have there. what? One one wide receiver you could say is yeah, he could probably get open against anyone a handful of times. But then everyone else, you're like, all right, kind of bad. Their offensive line gave him no time whatsoever. So he he had no time to make plays off of anything. He was just getting abused out there. So they go they go offensive line, a little bit in free agency. They pick one up in this draft. Two, I think I think two actually up in this draft, and then they go running back tight end. And then during if you look at their what who they picked up in free agency, it's. I think they cover every position on the football field. Yeah, no, I mean they they definitely had a good draft. They had a lot of picks to mess around with, um, but I just I don't know. I think the issue really is Tua. I don't think Tua is a great quarterback. Um, but, like again, it's only one year. Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess I they had were, a double they standard. Were, they just missed the playoffs. I think just adding J- Jalen Waddle is a great pick. I mean, he, I think he personally, I think he's the best player in the draft. I think he is the best wide receiver. I think he could possibly be, you know, the offensive rookie of the year this year. I really do think that he is a terrific player. I mean, he really does just have a lot of, you know, he has great hands, a lot of speed. His only question is, can he stay healthy? So that's his that's his big question. But you know, they just just going over the team in general, though. I think. What they needed to do, like based off the situation they're currently in, was just boost their offense, and I think they did that very well. You know what's kind of cool about this draft too. I meant to say this in the beginning, but how many former college players are now paired up? So you have Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts. You have Jalen Waddle and Tua Tagovailoa. You have um, Etn. Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. You have ETN and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, there's just a lot of, um, you know, chemistry. Former. Chemistry. I'd like to see how it pans out because that doesn't happen very often at all. It actually never has happened before. Like with the Jamar Chase and uh, really? Joe Burrow, it's never happened where a guy has gotten drafted in consecutive seasons. So the fact that we have four players that that happened to is is kind of kind of neat. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. No, it's gonna be a good season. I'm, I'm excited to see. You know, another guy that, to me, is Jalen Hurts with Devontae Smith. Um, I mean, I think Devontae Smith is a big question mark. He's very small. He has great hands, great speed. Another question, can he stay healthy with, you know, a lot bigger players in the NFL, a lot more athleticism. So, to me, it's a waiting mark. He, he can, he's kind of been compared to, uh, oh, what's his name, the guy in uh, Atlanta, not Julio, the other receiver. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. He's been compared to Calvin Ridley, so we'll see how um, see how that. No one stays their weight. That's the thing I'm not even worried about. What do you mean? No one stays the weight that they come into the draft at. Wait, he's he came in same weight as me. I think they, 160. He will put on weight just specifically from lifting. Yeah. That program is going to be something different than it was at Alabama, and he's going to be for sure eating differently. I mean, not that it's like. Not saying that Alabama has a like a bad strength and conditioning and well, bad nutritional program, but best. I think exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, college. but I think football. it's still very different at the NFL level. 
Well, the so difference I, is, I mean, these it's guys. Really, it's like, like he said too. He goes, "We're not bodybuilders. We're playing football." Yeah. Like I think that's a very valid statement from a player these days. And I got two words for you, Nick. Tyreek Hill, that guy, fastest guy, not that big. He's big, he's a, but he's not he's that big. He's a little big. short, bulky boy. Yeah. So I, I Devontae Smith could be the same thing compared to the same guy. So I mean, it's 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 neat. I'm I'm excited to see it. I just don't think Jalen Hurts is the guy, but that's that's me personally. I'm tough on quarterbacks. I really am. It's it, yeah. it's a hard position. It really is. Um, go ahead, Nick. Get me up with some more. Well, uh, I think it'd be good to look at a few more of the losers. A big one, I think. There, there's one that's kind of like people have forgotten about, and then there's one there where it's like, oh, this is the same thing every year, and that same thing every year one is for sure the Raiders. I was just about. They, I was waiting for you not to say something. They jump the gun in the first round every year they, for the past like four or five. I mean, the fact that they took Henry Ruggs over Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb. I mean, they took they took Henry Ruggs, who was the number two receiver on Alabama. Well, wasn't last that year. wasn't that the pick where the Vikings were laughing at them for not well, taking? Yeah, I mean, well, everybody took a Justin wide receiver. Jefferson. I mean, come on. Uh, next couple picks, Jerry Judy went to Denver. Next couple picks, um, what's his name? C.D. Lamb went to the Cowboys. And then Justin Jefferson went later on in the draft to Minnesota. I mean, come on. They always jumped a gun. You're, you're, I was hoping you were going to say it. I, hoping, I was hoping you were not going to say it so I could say it. But you, you got it off first. Um, but Oakland that, that first pick this year literally silenced the draft hall. What was it? The offensive tackle you're talking about? Uh, yeah, 14? it was, uh, or, uh, who, who was their first pick? I think it was, was it a D lineman? It was offensive tackle from Alabama, Alex Leatherwood. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 17. Cause they could have, they could have literally traded away and then grabbed him in the second round if they really wanted to. Yeah. And it, it kind of like sounds. they're wasting all of the picks they've acquired in the past several years. Yeah. Whether they like, trade them away. You can argue, I think their second round wasn't bad. No, but like I just don't understand it. I mean, there's better better players that they need. I mean, they need an offensive line. Don't get me wrong. Like this guy is gonna be a good player, but where they took him is a little bit. You know, they jumped the gun. Jump. Yeah, like they could have got. I, they need I think their their only pick I even enjoyed was their second because. And who was their Trevor second? Trevor Morg was the best safety in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I just think that there's better defensive players at that time, like where they were picking. Like they could have gotten in uh, the guy uh, Quiddy Pay. So, I mean, honestly, a lot of, there, a lot of he he was even probably the only one of like the only like solid picks for the Colts too. Yeah, what's your other? Um, yeah. And your then other? my other one, like obviously, we're not not a lot of people are talking about it because people are like, oh, like is Deshaun gonna be guilty or is he gonna be? You know, like, is he going to end up being innocent for the charges against him? And no one's talking about them, surprisingly. And like, talking, just the team You're talking in about general. Houston. You're talking about Houston. The Texans. Yeah, Houston Texans. Um, they, like, they they, li- they had a limited draft. What, I think they had four or five picks the whole draft. And one of them was and, a quarterback. Yeah, the first one was the quarterback. Well, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, that's not... Their fault. Per They're se. doing it obviously, yes, in in a smart way. Yeah, I, it's not. It's I not agree their with fault. What I think you're about to say, but yeah, like what's going on with Deshaun Watson? I mean, that's <laughs> for a team wise. That that's scary. I mean, that really is. I mean, how many charges are they up to now? It's like 
20, I think. 20-some? Yeah. I mean, that's all, I mean, come on. Granted, a few have been dropped, but still, it's, 20, it's not gone yet. 20 is through a the draft. big number. 20 is a huge number. So, I think that just the fact that they have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, he could be suspended, kicked out of the league, you know. They need everything there. And he still wants to get traded. That's that's public. That's public knowledge right there. He, he does yeah. not want to be in Houston. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't either. The, yeah, I mean, is it because of that, or is it because of some just him not actually agreeing with the team? Yeah. So, I mean, Houston's just not a good place to play. I would not want to be on the Houston. Texans, no, I it just but. we always talk about it on both podcasts. I mean, it's it's never a good place for anyone to play in any sport. Yeah, the NBA. Really. Um, Except MLB. what, arguably, maybe the Astros. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just because they got lucky because they drafted well. Yeah. But, um, yes. No, I mean, just, I, I don't know. I, I agree with the pick of the quarterback just because, you know, the uncertainty with um, you know, Deshaun Watson. You think you have your franchise quarterback. He wants out, and he might be forced out because of all the um, sexual allegations that are against him. So If you think, too, if they tr- if they just traded him when he wanted out, they could have gotten something for him. You don't get anything for him now. Yeah. <laughs> You get a nothing. You, you get, a you get nothing. You you have to cut him. You get a vending machine, basically. That's all you get. <laughs> and those don't even work half the time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he doesn't either, I guess. But no, it's um, it, it's a tough situation. But I give I I'll give them the benefit of the doubt just because of what happened. Because you don't want to trade Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's he's. I, yeah, I know. I mean, d- number one passer in the NFL last year. Yeah. He's with nobody. <laughs> he's, he's got it with nobody. For sure, there. but no receivers on that terrible. team. Will Fuller. Was the only wide receiver on that team, so. And now he's uh, he's on at, Jacksonville. Uh, at the Dolphins right now. <laughs> oh, is it Dolphins? I believe they they're the ones who got him. Yeah, you're right. They got Will Fuller. They have Devontae Parker, and now they have Jalen Waddle. I was thinking the other Florida team for some reason. I thought that was the team that Jacksonville got. Another yeah, wide I think, receiver. I think he ended up going to the Dolphins. No, right? he went to the Dolphins. You're right. Um, and then, um, Will uh, not Will um Marvin Jones went to Jacksonville. So. If I said something about Will Fuller earlier on this episode, I'm sorry. Uh, he is actually on the Dolphins. But anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, going off that, it'd be good to segue right into Aaron Rodgers. Might as well. Yeah, let's go to Aaron Rodgers and then similar, we'll talk similar about the Similar situation, just not for as terrible of a reason. Yeah, I that kind of took me off of, off guard, though. I mean, I, I think it's somewhat kind of cleared up. It's warranted. I think. But I think it's cleared up a little bit since the draft, at least, like a week ago, since last week. I think they kind of, you know, somewhat got in, like, talked and, you know, are feeling a little bit better. So that could have just been, like, I'm not, I'm a not sure, though. I think it's a threat. I don't think there's no way Packers trade Aaron Rodgers. No way. But then you, th- you think he does that and they still don't do anything for him. I mean, it's Green Bay. What they do? You'll make they the They mostly defense. But you need defense. I mean, yeah, you they did. I mean, that's why they lost in the playoffs last year. Yeah, you can't stop Tom Brady's deep but, ball. Come on. Ex- exactly. But, I mean, just in general, I don't think they sh- they could have easily gotten someone, at least in the second round, because I don't think they picked up a receiver until, I think, later. I'm pretty sure they grabbed one, but I think he was, I'd like to say maybe a fifth round. Let me check really quick. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers, the thing with Aaron Rodgers, and I'll, when you find that, let me know. But when it's in the third, they the, grabbed him. Uh, the Rogers from Clemson, some 
not not like a bad pickup, I don't think, but there's still a lot of things wrong with that offense. But here's the thing. I mean, you have you still have the best, arguably the best wide receiver in football in Devontae Adams. Yep. And those two, I mean, they're basically a package deal. If Aaron Rodgers goes Chemistry somewhere. Chemistry is perfect. Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere, then Devontae Adams wants to go somewhere, I'm sure, too. Wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, because those two are good friends. And their chemistry, like as you put it, is high. So I just think that personally, I think that it's all, you know, a threat. So Aaron Rodgers gets a new deal because he wants paid. He wants to get paid. He wants that bag. So he's going to get paid. He's going what to. What is his current contract now? That I, think I mean, about it's, it. it's going to expire soon. I know that. But it, he's. There's no way Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere except for Green Bay next season. Like, no way. Because the thing is, I mean, he is the face of that franchise. And I just. I, just, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I'll say it again. Well, I don't see it happening. Okay. So I, I, I looked it up. His, his current contract this year, he'll be making. He made twenty two million dollars. He'll make twenty five mil next year, and he'll make twenty five mil again the next year. And in twenty twenty four, he'll become a free agent. Yeah, and he wants that Mahomes contract money. I'm telling you right now, he wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. He wants Patrick Mahomes money. He's not going to get a half a million dollar or half a billion dollars, excuse me, but he'll get he'll get a lot of money. He'll probably, per average average salary, will be higher than Patrick Mahomes will be when Aaron Rodgers is a free agent. So, that's just what I feel. See, I, I feel like I would like to agree, but it's like he's been he's been upset for more than just this season. Like, it, it was last season as well, especially after the Jordan Love pick in the first round. Like, that, honestly, I think he thought that was the most disrespectful thing they could have done. But he did it to Brett Favre. Like, he was the re- Brett Favre's replacement. And he knew it. And that, that's not it. his fault either, though. I mean, it's not Jordan Love's fault, and it's not Arada's fault for that. But I think that that pick wasn't very high for Jordan Love. What, it was in between, what, 15 and, like, 20? Yeah. It might have been even a little lower. But, but here's it, the thing. It was late first round. I mean, why did they really think they would go that long with Aaron Rodgers and all of them, like, them just still being good that they didn't think they'd have a pick at that point? I mean, it's it's nobody's fault though, Nick. On this, that you know, age age is a factor. Aaron Rodgers will retire soon. Like it's a thing. I mean, look what happened in New what Orleans. Thirty six. Look what happened in New Orleans though with Drew Brees. I mean, look who their backup quarterback is now. Would you want famous Jameis Winston to be your starting quarterback, or would Taysom Hill be your starting quarterback? I, I don't know. He. They got they got something for Taysom Hill over there. I don't know. Yeah, but in all serious though, like seriousness though, I mean, they don't have a backup. They never planned for Drew Brees to retire this year, so they were kind of scrambling a little bit. And I'll give Green Bay a lot of credit. They are not going to sc- scramble. I mean, Jordan Love might not be a good quarterback. We both said it. We don't think he is a great quarterback. But when you're learning from one of the best and arguably the best quarterback of all time in Aaron Rodgers, so I mean. I give Green Bay a lot of credit for doing that. I just don't, but like it's it it wouldn't make sense that they're. Why would they be? What, uh, first of all, why would they take Jordan Love if they? You know how much they could get for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Some some of the the potential like trade buyouts that I saw them getting 
like two or three first round picks, one or two of the best players on whatever team asked for him. Like they could easily be like, hey, give me like your best receiver and your current quarterback. But here's the issue. No one's ever going to do it, though, because that's way too much money for a guy that's 36 years old. I mean, if you think about it, the Broncos could be in a win now. What else do they need other than quarterback? I mean, you're, you're not wrong. They have great defense, great like, offense. Their defense is slowly getting older, yeah. and but they are good. They are a top-tier defense, and they have offensive weapons. See, I was <laughs> before Tom Brady... Went to Tampa Bay. I mean, I guess this is null and void now because of what happened with Tom Brady. But I would say an older quarterback going to a new team and learning that offense, having team chemistry, a new team chemistry, is kind of nerve-wracking to me as a uh, just as a fan in general because it's almost impossible to – that's a hard thing to do. It really is hard to do. To go to a new team, learn all the chemistry, learn a new playbook, and do well. I mean, obviously, Tom Brady's not human. I mean, yeah. I think this deep into their career, though, they're, that would be easy. I don't know. I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers is a smart guy. He's the host of Jeopardy right now. So Honestly, he's, he's an absolute <laughs> genius in my eyes. He is. <laughs> I mean, but, but I don't know. I, I just think it's a little scary. The, the man said... Send, Give, give me more money and some receivers, or I'm going to host Jeopardy. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's We'll see what happens in the next couple months. See what happens. I think he's going to stay in Green Bay. What do you think? Traded trade or staying? If things stay the way they are, they're moving him. I think, I think it's worth, like, obviously, as a fan, I would love to see him stay there and finish his career. Every, the last, I think, I think the last three Green Bay quarterbacks have played there for 17 years. Aaron Rodgers is currently on year 17. Yeah. That's that's an ESPN stat. <laughs> I could have probably guessed it. And of course. <laughs> Anything no, that's... That, I think those those little things are funny, but <laughs> I, think I, the worst I would thing. love to see him stay, but I think I really do think the Broncos – if, if they are in win-now mode like it seems that their team could be, they'd do it. They they send whatever they need to send there, and they find a way to fill the gap somewhere else. Yeah. I, I just – I don't see it. You can you can tell it to me however much you want. Aaron Rodgers is, is going to be wearing yellow and green and wearing the number 12 on the Green Bay Packers next year. That's just how I see it. As it should be. All right, last segment. I mean, his only potential out would be out of the 2022 season, so this upcoming season. And then he he has less cap dead cap hit after that. So if they do trade him, they don't have to pay as much. But then if they also wait until, I think, whenever the June deadline is, I think it might be June 1st, his cap hit, I think, is also less. So it's really, I it really all comes down to money, I think, now, like you said. Yeah, he's not he's not going anywhere, Nick. I'm telling you right now. He's gonna wait until that opt out. All right, last segment. New York Giants. How'd you how'd you feel about them? I think they did did a pretty good job. I mean, I talked about it earlier and how they traded basically the eleventh pick for 
the 20th pick in this year's draft and also a first-round pick, unprotected. You know, put that, bold that, circle it, unprotected pick for next year. I mean, that's that's awesome. I could That pick could be a number one pick. That pick could be a number 32 pick. No matter what, we're going to have two picks in that year's draft, and I am happy. I mean, that's that's awesome. As long as they go. I am as well. As long as they go, uh, probably a quarterback next year, depending on how Daniel Jones yes, does this if, year. If he does not pan out this year, that is their move next season. He has no excuses. Kenny Galladay, great wide receiver. Sterling Shepard, actually probably is not going to be in the slot. I was about to say he's going to be in the slot. But the first-round pick this year, Tony, is going to be in uh, Kadavius, right? Kadarius Tony. Kadarius, yeah. Kadarius Tony is going to be in the slot. So it's it's going to be fun. And Evan Ingram, if he can actually catch a ball at tight end, would be pretty nice too. <laughs> honestly. Or Kyle Rudolph, honestly, at this point. but Well, Kyle Rudolph is going to be the blocking tight end too. Yeah, yeah of course. The, they're going to be everything. So that's, that's just a nice combination. They'll use them for what they think they should use them for. And plus the defense is... You got John Ross good. too, you got to think about too. Like, he's nothing special, but... I love John Ross. He could be. Who knows? Fastest guy in football. Faster than uh, Tyreek. Yeah, that's why. That's why I always have a hamstring injury. Well, he's he's faster than his hamstrings. So, his his legs jumps right out of jumps right out of his own ligaments. Yeah, he's he's too quick. He's almost like me out there, Nick. Too quick. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, so just with their draft, you know, you get Canaries Tony, you get Aziz Ajilari, and then Aaron Robinson. Those are the their first three picks. So first round, second round, third round. All good players. Aziz should not have dropped out of the first round. We'll talk about positions too. He's he's going to be a most likely an outside linebacker. Yes, sir. And then obviously Tony is a wide receiver, yep. and Slot Aaron receiver. Robinson is a corner. Yeah. So they cover a lot of spots that they needed position at, and they got a few of them later than they should have. I mean, Tony, like they, they, were... they got very lucky and made some very smart decisions for once. Well, you don't like our general manager. I, I have to applaud Trader Dave. I mean, I don't know why you don't like him. He hasn't done anything up to this point. And I don't I don't think it was all him this draft. He traded away. There were times where he did not look happy with the pick. And I think I think the the power shift is starting to happen. They have, given, away with... they have given Judge more power in who he wants on this football team. He he traded away Odell, right? He did. And that was, to me, I think the best move this franchise has done in a while. And if you think about it, too, you get... Obviously, Odell doesn't pan out for the Browns. But then you get Zeitler not really panning out for us. So, in the long run, we we win it because we get. Um, why am I drawing a, a blank? Jabril Peppers. Yes, we we get Jabril Peppers actually playing how he should have played when he came out of college. Yeah. So, like, I think I think it at this point it becomes more worth it to make that trade. But I, it's just I don't. I don't. I don't like his relationship with the players as much as I, I want to like it. Listen, Gettleman. Like I really, 
That's how, that's how I want a GM, though, Nick. I don't want a GM that's going to be f- friends with a guy. I want a guy that's going to come in, fire a guy if he's not doing his job, bring a guy in that, that is going to do his job. Like, I don't want these guys to be friends. I mean, it can't be, you can't be a friendship. This is a business. This is, like, a business. I want a guy that's going to win and wants to win. How do you keep your players? I mean, th- not from the GM. You have them like where they are. Yeah, but that they doesn't They don't like come... the GM. Aaron Rodgers saying he doesn't like his GM right now. Yeah, but that, I don't know. I don't want the GM to be friends with these guys. I want that's what the coach is there for to you know basically make a guy happy. Like a GM, like you're gonna do your job. If a guy's worth five hundred million dollars, then you're gonna pay him five hundred million dollars. If the guy is not worth it, then buy open open door, open door policy. I think you can still get rid of them being like close to them. It just makes it harder. The point is, like, look, you you get a guy and you're like, hey, say like, say a guy wants to leave your team, you you, you sit him down and you're like, hey, where do you want to go? Like, like you try and figure something out. If it doesn't work, you find the best position for them and the be- best position for you. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But it makes it way easier to deal with keeping players and getting rid of players if you are like you have a closer bond with them. I think. See, I don't know. I disagree because I I think that. If you have a closer bond with that player, then you're not going to want to get rid of him. It's going to make it a lot harder. Nick, say you're a general manager right now. All right, have you ever seen the movie Moneyball? With uh, no, no, okay. So it's a it's it's a great movie. First of all, you should watch it. It's with Brad Pitt. It's about the Oakland Athletics and uh, Billy Bean, who is a basically general manager of the Oakland Athletics. Anyway, in this movie, he has a policy that is basically, you know. You go in there, you uh, tell them, you know, we're getting rid of you, we're sending you down the AAA. It's basically a revolving door. So you just don't make friends with these players because you just never know. You basically... Look at the Bulls. What about it? Their general manager was, you know, awful, (laughs) for lack of a better term. Yeah, thank you. I just watched your facial expressions and you wanted to... Let out a swear word so bad. <laughs> no, but he was. He was a uh, he was a brownhead, um, <laughs> and they they hated him. They they literally bullied their way through that franchise because they thought he had no idea what he was doing. But they won. Like, you need to give your players a sense of you have an idea of what you're doing, and he did not at the beginning. I don't know if this is entirely him this draft. And if it is, I think he's on the right track. You're talking I, about Gettleman now. Right? I appreciate what he did. You're talking about Gettleman, right? Right now? Yes. Okay. We're off of the Bulls. What? Yeah, yeah. But just saying, like, you get situations like similar to the Bulls where they're spectacular players, but their general manager is the reason you're ruining the team. And I I think there's enough evidence that at the beginning he he messed up the team worse than it already was. I I think I think being more open to things, like obviously at at the beginning of the year press conference, he was like, "We've hired new staff for like more modern era things." Like what he said, he said the computer guys. Like he hired he hired his analytic guys. He got different staff members. They hired the new coaching staff. They let the coach have a more like a bigger presence in in like upfront stuff. And I think I think the way he's he's changed his approach has made him a better general manager. 
In, to... in in Carolina, I think he was awful. Absolutely terrible, except that the team he happened to build that was so good, 16-0 and regular season, and that was a fluke, I think, for him. And it went downhill from there. We picked him up. He wasn't too hot at the beginning, and once he really had pressure put on him, he, he changed how he approached everything, and I think that's a big factor on why he's doing much better. Now, let me just clarify some of the things that I said. I mean, you, I don't want these guys to be friends with, with everybody because it is a business. You need to fire a coach. You need to do that. Like The general manager, to me, is obviously one step away from the owner. So he, he's making overall every business call that there is. So, I mean, he needs to be have a good relationship with the players, but he doesn't need to be best friends with them. Like, go out to dinner with these guys, you know, buy them a new car. He doesn't need to do that kind of stuff. He should have a good relationship with everybody, obviously, because you want a good chemistry. I just didn't think he had that at first. I but, think it's improved. I think the players are more backed behind him. You and also have to the remember. Change of, the change of the culture has been a big factor in everything starting to fit into place. When Gettleman first got to this team, he had Eli Manning, and Eli Manning, to me, was awful. At that point. At that point. So he, he had to deal with that situation, and that's that's a thing. As a Giants fan, I mean, what happened when they benched Eli? I mean, all, all, we were happy, but a lot of the diehard fans were not happy because it, it ended his, his streak at, as a, uh, you know, starting the game. Iron Man. Iron Man, yeah. Uh, it ruined that streak. And a lot of the Giants fans got mad at that. So that's what happens when you become buddy-buddy with with players. And, I mean, you, Giants were not winning a lot of games with Eli Manning. So you had to make that call. And I think Gettleman was a huge part in that call. So Gettleman, I think, is a great GM. He, you know, obviously he doesn't do some things that we like. Like I don't think that we should have taken Daniel Jones with, with that early pick. I think it was number. Like eight. I said, it, it's different now. I think, I think that pressure changed it. Yeah, but I, I just like I, I, I give him credit. Like this year, he did spectacular. I know that I takes just, a lot. Overall, in the long run of his career, I don't think he's done a great job, and it's it's different now. I just know that, like you and I, we we talk a lot, of, a lot about Gettleman and stuff. I think Gettleman, like, is actually like doing great, and I think he is a great GM. Like, I think some of the stuff that he did, I mean, he got a lot of good players this past couple seasons on the defensive end, especially, and a little bit actually on offense now from this past season. But he's putting this team into, you know, a competitor. Like, we we could comp- we could compete, and we could definitely win the NFC East. So, we'll see. I, w- I want to talk about that in a minute once we're done with that quickly. Well, let's talk about just it Just to finish up. Let's talk about it But just, I just want to make one more comment on the Gettleman stuff. I think... I think the big things that helped him out are, first of all, the cap space, being in New York, and then the players that he got were able to recruit other guys to back the head coach that they hired to make people believe that the Giants were on the rise again. And I think I think the, the things that ended up playing a big part in this were the smaller things behind the scenes like that. Yeah. And I, I think that's why he's been able to improve. And I, I'll give him a round of applause for that just because it, it, it's looking like a much better New York Giants team for once. 
All right, let's get into whatever you wanted to talk about at the end because we're pushing a lot of time right now. So go ahead and uh, – I just want to talk about how how I think the division is up in the air. I mean, it has been for the past couple of seasons. I mean, it, it, but I think it's but actually – But like competitively up in the air, not like uh, we're all going to go under 500 or just 500. Yeah, well, Dak's going to be back. You have to believe that Jalen Hurts is going to be good and kind of tough to stop with the mobile quarterback. The uh, Washington football team, excuse me, I almost said the Washington Redskins. The Washington football team is going to be competitive. They have one of the best defensive defenses. monsters. Yeah. So Cowboys, I think their first six picks were defense this draft. One of them is a spectacular linebacker, if he stays out of trouble. The Eagles, they could really be anywhere because they started to look good towards the end of the season and it looked like they just tanked that last game and that's a big part on why the the Giants have gotten some respect back because Joe Judge came out and was like hey what's wrong with you (laughs) yeah and then you like just the Giants too now obviously offense has everything it needs it's up to Daniel Jones defense has everything it needs the only thing keeping the Giants out of getting in first is Daniel Jones yeah absolutely yeah, I agree. I mean, so the I, NFC I East think East it'll East. be it'll be fun to watch every single NFC East game this season, every single one. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna go to a game too, one hundred. Of course. So, all right, Nick, you good with today's episode? Yeah, and this, I mean, is, this is the plenty, last one. Plenty to talk about, and we'll only get more as we get through this off season a little bit. So, yeah, well, this is gonna be our last one for a little bit. We're not gonna be on for a couple weeks just because of we're gonna wait for. This ep- this next episode to be closer to the season. That way we can do a little bit of a uh, preseason preview to see what we're gonna Nick and I's bold predictions of the season and uh, every team's you know what they're gonna look like next season. And there's a lot to cover on that. So that'll do it for today's episode of At the One NFL Podcast. Um, again, Nick and I want to reach out and say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, and we also want to thank you all for the continued support of not only this podcast at the One NFL Podcast, but also our NBA podcast as well. And that is nothing but the NBA podcast. And we're on uh, every single streaming service for this ep- this podcast. Spotify, Apple, Pod- Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud. So definitely... Let people know. Reach out to us. Email us. DM us. Do whatever you have to do. And, Most uh, of the updates are on Twitter as well, so just keep a lookout for that for both of the podcasts. And For sure. And uh, everyone stay safe, and thank you for tuning in.